<laughs> well, why don't we give it up for the Church News team? I'm grateful for them keeping us up on all that is happening. We definitely want you to be a part of community. A Liberty Church has always been our vision, right, since the very beginning, that Liberty Church would be a community and not just a crowd. You don't have to go too far in New York to find a crowd, right? But community is something special, a place to belong, a place to contribute, a place to be known, a place to be connected and to grow together. That's, what, well, that's why we call each of these locations where we gather as a church, eight of them around the world. You heard from our guys uh, all the way from Southern Africa here tonight. But the truth is everywhere we go, we're building community. But so much of it happens in groups. And so we've got a bunch of community groups happening uh, for Liberty Church Movement. And uh, we would love you to be part of them. They're opening tonight. The registrations, oftentimes they fill up fast. So don't miss out. Get connected. Find your people and you find your purpose. Amen. So who's ready for the Word of God tonight? Yeah, I am super excited to be able to introduce some friends. And we're doing this a little different tonight. I like, we have a quality problem. We have to like push this out to fit everybody in. We got like, I don't know, you guys like the royal box seat or what is that over there? The people with popcorn will be buying in just a minute. I can't back that up. But I like that you guys are over here as well. We got all the TVs. We have to spread the couches out because tonight we're doing this just a little bit different. We're doing a kind of conversation uh, uh, interview style with Mike and Allison, your community pastors here at Movement, speaking together to uh, Heather and to Cornelius. These two are special people, friends of Andy and mine. They pastor an amazing church called the Gathering Oasis in Atlanta, and they're planting communities, campuses, they're reaching people around the world. I mean, this is kind of a treat that they came in our relationship series because this is like a big passion for them. This, they write about this. They speak, literally speak around the world about this. And, you know, uh, doing conferences on marriage and family and relationships. So we're right in the middle of our Relationships Goals ser series. And I am super honored that tonight I could introduce my friends, Heather and Cornelius. Why don't you guys come? Mike and Allison are going to come. Come on, church. Can we give it up for our friends? Honor the Word of God and my friends as they bring it. Love you guys. Have fun. Hello, everybody. You guys doing good? Ooh, you all right, baby? Yeah. I know you're too far. Come on. I'm too far. <laughs> I'm sorry? Oh, we're so happy to be in here. Yes. I know. It's that accent. I'm like, slow down. All right, I'll go first. If you came to my session today, I talked about it. But we met at church, um, and gosh, we courted for a year and eight months. We waited to kiss until our wedding day. 
It was a long year and eight months. I'm glad that's over. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Um, but we tell our kids all the time that mommy and daddy waited. So they're convinced that you're not supposed to kiss unless you're married. And it's so cute. It's the cutest thing ever. Like, don't kiss anybody ever until you're married. It's fine. Um, but wh- I'm sorry. What was your other, what was the last question? Oh, how did I know that you're the one? Okay. So I prayed and asked God for a man that wouldn't kiss me until our wedding day. And on our very first date, without even prompting or telling him, he said, I asked the Lord how I should end this date. And he said, and the Lord said, I shouldn't kiss you until our wedding day. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, but that wasn't just it. I said, let me see if he's actually going to follow through with what he said. And then he said, we set all these boundaries. And not only was he a godly man, but I saw the fruit that followed it. And I could respect him. And it was hard for me to respect men, which means I could submit and get under the mission of what God called us to do because I believed in him and respected him. And we, I mean, we just, we didn't have, we had nothing together, but we knew one day we'd have ministry. So I knew he was the one because he, when he said he was going to do something, he actually did it and he followed through. And not only that, I just had peace. Finally, the Holy Spirit told me yes to somebody. He said no to like everybody. And when I met him, I was like nervous to ask because I was like, you sure? Let me make sure. So that's how I knew I mean, I knew because I just felt like God told me. In the first 15 minutes of our conversation, I felt like God was like, all right, she's it. And I was like, no, nah, I'm not ready for this. Um, I'm serious because I was, I was like a commitment phobe. I was a big commitment phobe. I was, it was so bad that I would break up. <laughs> okay, this is really bad. So you're going you're gonna to really judge me. But I would break up with my, with my exes. I would break up with them around October 15th. And I would get back with them around like February 20th because I was trying to be free during the holidays. <laughs> it's really bad. It's really bad. I was, I was a big commitment phobe. So he told me, he's like, hey, this is, this is going to be your wife. I'm like, well, you know, how you, you know how you ask that question like, is this me? Is this God? Or is this the devil? I was like, Okay. <laughs> I'm like, I know without a shadow of a doubt, this isn't the devil, because the devil would not want me to have anybody that's fine. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, this can't be me, because I know I can't pull anybody that's fine. So, okay. <laughs> so I was like, okay, this has to be God, or she's like partially blind her eyes, and she can't really see who she's going with. So it was cool. It was cool. So I knew this was God. And that's how I rocked out. That's how I believed it, and I rock with it. Then we broke up because I have commitment issues. Then we got back together, and boom, here we are today. No, no, I, I got you. I got you. Oh, bro, I got you. I got you. Man, my boundary, that the boundaries had to be really tight, had to be really tight. So I, I told everybody today in the services about the first time we went to the movies. Can I tell them? So, okay, we went to the movies, right? And my, my, wife's, my wife's number one love language. Y'all know love languages, right? My wife's number one love language is touch. Turn up. Anybody touch? touch. Touch people. Touch people. Okay, touch people. We have nothing in common. So my number, my touch was zero for me at the very bottom. 
my number one was acts of service. My wife is zero in acts of service. So we went to the movies, and I chose to go to a matinee because I'm cheap. And, and it's a half-off movie, and, like, I snuck some candy and stuff in there because I didn't want to pay for it because they rob you. And so we were at the movies, and, like, you know, my wife, she, she was kind of on me like this. And I'm like, I'm sitting the whole time, and I'm like, ah, I can't even pay attention to the movie. I don't remember what movie we watched. I remember getting back in the car, and I was like, okay, we can't go to the movies again. And she's like, why? And I'm like, because, like, we both know our machinery works. And we don't want to test, you know what I'm saying? And I, and, and I knew, like, in that position, I knew what I did in the past. And I knew what that led me to. So I knew we had to put up the right boundaries. Like, we put up other boundaries. We didn't talk after 930. Um, yeah, we didn't cuddle. It was like, it was really hard. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't, yeah, we did church, we did side hugs. Um, I couldn't look her in her eyes for a long period of time because... <laughs> I'd be like, and um, so <laughs> we hung out in groups a lot with other friends. Um, we hung out with married couples a lot. And there was different, it varied, married couples who were married for a short time, who were married for a long time, with kids, without kids. Because we were just trying to get like a feel of what we wanted to be around. But we had to put up very, very strong boundaries. It was courting from day one. It was. It was just, it was just, it was from that day, from the first day we talked, it was with the intention of marriage. I mean, very beginning. He told his family. I told my family. We both felt like this person's the one. We're taking steps towards marriage. Like, we're not joking. Like, we're, we're not playing. We're not trying to play games. So when we broke up, I was surprised. Um, I remember when we broke up, he, and I'm going to share this story because I'm sure you don't mind. <laughs> no. I know, right? We met on January 4th, and we broke up, I think, around in March sometimes. Sometime? I don't know. You made it through February 14th. I'm proud of you, baby. That was growth. <laughs> but um, I remember he, we were putting a lot of pressure on each other to be something we had not developed into in our courtship. And that's what sometimes people do. They say, if we're going to be married, you need to be like this, this, and this. And I'm like, well, if you're going to be my husband, you need to be like this, this, and this. And we had our deal breakers. We were both saved, all that good stuff. But we just, I just feel like we didn't give each other a chance to develop. And um, we broke up, and he called me, and he said, um, I have to think about us. I said, oh, you got to think about me. If you have to think about me, I'll make the decision for you because I'm not to be thought about. I know who I am. I know my identity. Amen. I know. And all my girls said, amen. All the men are looking like, whatever. <laughs> but the thing is, I knew my value and I knew my worth. And so I feel like if you don't know it, if you got to think about my worth, like, I don't, I don't play games. So, and at the time, I was 26 and he was 22. And I was like, I'm going to charge it to the game because you're 22. And so um, very mature for AJs, don't get me wrong. But still, I felt like in that moment, I'm like, okay, we should be breaking up. And so I said, I'll make the decision for you. I'll, we can break this off. And then after that, he started to send me emojis every single day. Just no words, just emojis. <laughs> like weird emojis. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, is there? 
You're telling a lie. <laughs> <laughs> just lit. I just lit. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> they want you to finish it now. Oh, wait. <laughs> I did finish it, didn't I? I, I, okay, I was sending her emojis and I said, I sent her a message and I said, I miss you. And then she responded back, she said, what do you miss? And I'm like, of course, you. You, and she, and then I had to explain to her that I didn't miss her, I made the wrong decision, and I explained to her that I was afraid of commitment and that it was really tough for me because this was very final in my head. And I'm like, I don't, like, now I've already went down the road of, Okay, I'm about to be a husband, and then I need to be a father, and I, I got to be responsible, and I need to make sure I have this. And do I have a 401k? Have I got life insurance? So I head down that road yeah. before I like I don't live much in the present. I always think in the future, and that's really bad sometimes. So that that was very scary for me. I mean, you could kind of look and be like, we can do this thing. Like, it, <laughs> I mean, I didn't have to, I mean, you, no, nah, you, I mean, it's like one of those things, it's like, I ain't got to pray about this. <laughs> like, no, I'm serious. It's like, you know, I know I'm going to be good, you know, and I know she's going to be good and, and we can work on whatever ain't good. Like, it's just like. And it's been good since day one. Can I say that? Can I, say, I can say that. So, yeah. I mean, we got three kids, so you already know. But, <laughs> but I mean, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people ask us that question, like, well, y'all, y'all didn't kiss, y'all didn't hug, y'all didn't do this kind of stuff. And, and understand, we, we didn't, we don't provide that as a law to try to put, try to bind, try to bind people into legalism. That's that's what we did for us. That's what I believe God told me to do. And uh, for, for us, and as the leader of this, I saw myself as a leader, so I wanted to put up those boundaries and keep my word. And after it all, honestly, it wasn't so much about the kissing. Yeah. I don't believe as much as it was about the honor. Because as you heard my wife say, she, she didn't respect men because they didn't keep their word. So on our honeymoon, at our first dinner, she looked at me and she said, I honestly respect you. And I was like, why do you respect me? And she's like, I don't respect men because no man in my life has ever kept his word. So it was more about honor than it was about kissing. Most people focus on the kissing, and they don't focus on the honor and the reason behind it. So God had a bigger purpose behind it, me just not kissing her. But, I mean, we, we knew what it was going to be, so we just rocked out. <laughs> and also you have to understand that um, before you even get to the bedroom, if you can communicate with that person, I believe that intimacy is with communicating. And, and, you, and you can tell if you have chemistry with the person you just talked to them. Ladies, imagine this. You walked up to a guy, and he's just as fine as he wants to be. You walk up to him, and then he starts talking. You're like, ooh, no, no, that ain't the one. Mm -mm. There's no chemistry there. He's just cussing every other word. It's just, he just turned, got real dark real fast. Like, that escalated, right? So, to me, I knew that intimacy was going to be in communication. So, if we can develop emotionally, then it's going to sustain us long before the feelings go away. So, yeah. Hey.
I was extremely insecure. Um, I didn't like to look at myself in the mirror. I didn't like to, um, I didn't like to hear myself talk. I, I, I was bullied as a kid growing up. So it was, I, I took, it wasn't so much of the words that were said to me as much as it was the words that I believed. So I always looked at people and I always kept them at, you know, not even arm length. It was like, it was more like 10 arm lengths. Like, okay, you stay back. Whenever somebody got really close to me, and that was even with friends, whenever, whenever I felt like somebody got very close to me, I would find a way to push them away. And I would try to push them away before they hurt me. Because I always knew you were going to hurt me like somebody else hurt me. So when it came to my wife, I, I literally, I remember crying one day in Atlanta in my house. I was crying. I'm like, you know, God, I don't, like, I'm not going to have anybody in my life. Like, I couldn't keep friends because I used to do this thing with my friends. I used to, every quarter, I would, I would grade my friends. And I would sit down with them, and I would give them a grade. And I would say, okay, our friendship is at a D right now. And if this is going to be an A, these are ways that you need to improve. And if you're not working on this, then we can break this off. And I was very, I, I really had no friends, um, <laughs> as you can tell. And then, <laughs> so when it came to Heather, I'm like, I'm making a bad, a really, really bad decision. And my mom and my sister were in my ear, and they were like, you're, you're, do, you're making a stupid decision. You're being dumb. My mom was like, go and be with this woman. And I'm like, I don't want to. And I didn't feel like they understood. And then when I just, I started being in my house by myself, and I'm like, you're going to be alone for the rest of your life. And then that's when it just kind of changed for me. And I was like, okay, i got to make a decision. And it's, it's been hard. Even, I mean, it's not so much hard now, but, like, even after we got married, I was kind of like, you know, you have that idea that maybe I got married too young or maybe I, did, maybe, I did, maybe I made the wrong decision. And a lot of that was me dealing with my insecurities. I had to deal with that. And because I knew he had those issues with commitment, I wouldn't say things or protect him. I wouldn't put pressure on him to be something he wasn't or talk about the future a whole lot. Or I just took it day by day and I let him lead so he didn't feel the pressure of us nonstop if I knew it stressed him out. And, yeah. and like she would say stuff like, we're going to be together forever. And I'd be like, don't say that. Don't say that. Because forever is such a long time. And, and I don't usually like people after a year. So that was really hard. <laughs> he wasn't joking. So I was like. I, there's certain things that I, I'm not going to say just to support what I know he's walking through. So, yeah. <laughs> I got that a lot from my family. I mean, my family now, and he, my husband sees it because when friends come around that are single, don't they harass them? They don't even know them. I'm like, her name is Brittany. You know what I mean? Like, they don't, you, you don't even know my friend, and you're asking her where her man is. Like, I need you to go calm down. But my family's very much like that. They all had their kids at, like, 18 years old, got married at, like, 20, then got divorced at, like, 25. You know what I mean? And so my family would put pressure on me, and I met my husband when I was 26 years old. But by then, most of my friends were married by the time I was 24. And I'm from a small town, and so everybody was married except me. Everybody in my family had kids and was married, and they were on me about my clock ticking. But, and I told them, I said, I can assure you, and it's probably not always the nicest thing to say, but I was like, I just didn't want to settle like you did. You know what I mean? I just don't. I didn't want to settle like you did. And so 
they were just like, oh, girl, whatever. I'm like, ha, ha. But I really didn't. You know, I was like, I'm really trusting God, and I'm really believing him for God's best for my life. And I pray that it's an example and a testament to you that when God does bring my husband, that will minister to you that his timing is perfect. And it really did because they saw me kiss my husband for the first time on my wedding day. They were sitting there. They were happy and supportive of me. But coming up to it, it's like you got to know your identity in Christ because the thing is it doesn't stop. Your family and friends don't stop. After you get married, it's like when you're having kids. Right. When you're having kids. And then, th- and then we had a miscarriage. So we're going through this miscarriage, and it's so hard because we're going to see. I remember we had a miscarriage, and then, like, a couple months later, we went home. And um, my mom knew about it, but she still was like, I really want some babies. Mom, I had a miscarriage. You please calm down. Like, that's my intention. You know what I mean? So then we end up getting a pregnant a year later. And then after you have one, they're like, when do you have another one? <laughs> So I, I decided I'm not going to let society in this world pressure me in my marriage. Y'all need to mind your businesses. You know what I mean? The best kind of way. But we have our accountability. And then after you have two, then you get pregnant a third time. They're like, okay, when are you going to stop? <laughs> so they're constantly saying what I needed to do in my life. And we just had to put the boundaries up. You're so cute. You're so cute. All right. Um, You did a lot. Well, I can tell you what you did well after I shared kind of what I felt like I did well. But um, one thing that the Lord told me to do was learn how to cook. And I learned in New York City. I had no idea how to cook. And I was clueless on cooking. And I'm like, why do I need to learn how to cook? My husband, y'all know how we do. My future husband going to know how to cook. We going to be good. You know what I mean? So in my head, I was like, oh, he can just learn. But the Lord's like, no, I want you to learn, and I want you to learn how to cook healthy. So he really began to challenge me. So what I would do is I would make these gourmet meals for my old roommate at the time, and she would be like, what? Who are you? But I would just, like, study and, like, learn how to cook, and that was one thing I really learned. And another thing I learned is servanthood. Um, I found families in our church that, you know, families that maybe their marriage was struggling or they had kids or they had a busy schedule, and I'd ask them, how can I help you? Like, how can I best serve you? I would babysit their kids. I have photos. (laughs) No, seriously, so many times singles say, oh, I'm bored. You should never be bored. If you're that bored, you need to find a single mom in your church or find somebody in your community that needs some help and go help them. It's like, we don't like that, though. We're just like, no, I just want, I just, I don't want to serve. But the thing is, when I got busy about doing, I was serving in five ministries. I'm doing all this stuff. I got busy about doing what God told me to do, and I looked up, and I met my husband. And I was like, wait, that went by fast. You came a little too fast, like too fast. Now I have to actually work at this. You know what I mean? But, but getting busy serving other people in my community, serving in my church, it just, I felt like time flew by, and I wasn't bored. And, and then when I'd get around girls that would say, oh, well, you know, I wish I had a man, I'd be like, girl, come here. I need some help. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? And I'd have a sleepover with like 20 girls. We'd watch sermons. I would pray with them. I got busy about doing what God wanted me to do. Did you remember? Okay. One of the great things he did before he got married was um, just in church and learning business. And you work for a church. So, yeah. He worked for a church for four years. So he got so much behind the scenes. And it really helped with the foundation, I think, of our church. Yeah, and, and I mean, you know, I wasn't like a really, really bad person, but I don't want to paint this picture that like before we got married, we were like these really, really awesome, perfect people because, I mean, I can speak for myself. I know I wasn't. I, I was not at all. And it was like God along the journey helped me. I mean, my mama made me learn how to cook and clean and wash my own clothes. So I, I knew how to do all that kind of stuff. So I figured if I'm going to be single, then I'm going to be single, and I can just do what I want to do on the side, and I'll learn about God, and I'll learn about grace. I was like, ah, oh, this is so dope. But, um, yeah, in the wrong way. But, I mean, I just, I, that's, that's what I, that's what, like, I, I was doing as a single guy. But I wasn't, I don't, I mean, in, in many ways, I guess I didn't know I was preparing for anything. And then when I, when I kind of met my wife, in this process of us coming together, I think that's what required me to say, okay, Cornelius, you got to keep stepping up to the plate every day. And that was very hard for me. Like, okay, I'm living for somebody else now, and I got to constantly lay my life down. And this is like, I have to, and I remember reading over and over again while we were, while we were recording, like, man, I have to love her like Christ loved the church. And I'm like, I'm researching and looking at how Christ of the church, and I'm like, this is more than what I think I can give. So it took a lot of growth in me. Well, you know, it, it, was, it, was, a, it's, it was a process for, for both of us. Um, I mean, you you wanna you wanna have you wanna have some kind of idea of who you are. I believe that identity is important. You know who you are. She know who she is, and all that kind of stuff. Then you come together. You you form as one. But it was a process of us coming in two. And and you know, it wasn't a hundred percent with me. I don't believe it was a hundred percent with my wife. But we finally came together. It's like okay, we gotta learn to perfect some things together. And that was the really tough part. Because marriage is not so much of you just coming together and you having sex. Remember now, it's three types of really joining together. You got the spirit, which is you're being equally yoked together, one with another. You're equally yoked. And then you have the body, which you come and now you have sex. That's coming together as one. But then the soul, it's like to stimulate the soul. It's like now we can talk to each other. And I'm laying down my life for her. And when she asks me, what do I want, I'm not just saying I don't know, which I still do and I need to apologize about. But it's, it's us coming as one, and that, that was tough. So to answer the question, is it that both of us have to be 100%? I don't believe it is. I don't believe so. I don't believe so. Because that would mean that God's finished with both of us and the Bible I read says he's still doing a perfect work in me, and I need every last bit of it. So, amen. 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 No, I agree. Um, somebody says um, that they love their partner, they love their sex, but they feel that getting a divorce, going to court for a divorce is not the level that you can, as soon as you start saying, wait, hang on, and you're like, you get married, and it's like the pressure's on, even to kind of check the, the person for bankruptcy. Um, so, how do you? Oh, that's a good one. All right, first I'm going to say this. Man, date, dating in church is getting weird. 
It is. It's getting really, really weird because you got, like, people are using God told me you're going to be my husband as a dating tool. Or God told me you're going to be my wife. Like, God said it's become a dating tool. That's not a dating tool. It's not. Like, if God told you somebody's going to be your spouse, just zip it. Just stop it. Just wait. Relax. Let God tell them. Like, just wait. Because maybe God told you, but it may come, like, three years from now or something like that. It may be like a David thing. Like, let me anoint you now, but let's wait some years before you get the throne. So... <clears throat> Let's, let's not do that. But, but like, d- dating is getting weird because for some reason I think, like, we cross over into the threshold of church, and then we just, we forget that we're people. And we forget that, like, you know, guys will come in and like, hey, do you think I should talk to her? It's a woman. Like, I don't know. If you were at the grocery store, would you just walk up and just say hi? It's like, oh, that, that girl, she has her groceries. Can I help her? Like, be a gentleman. But then sometimes you take it the wrong way, and it's like, well, you know, well, will she think that now that I'm helping her that I want to be her husband? It's like it's just called being a gentleman. Yes, she may think that. She's going to think that. But at the same time, it's like you forget that we're people. We're, we're human. And for some reason, the church, we, 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 we think so far ahead and we get so awkward and we get so weird. And it shouldn't be that way. I mean, this is the place we come and we have freedom. Freedom of conversation. We just make sure that the freedom of conversation doesn't lead to something that is somewhere, someplace we should not be. You want to finish this? So I agree that it's gotten awkward. I'm even at our own church after service. I mean, we have all these single men and all these single women. And I'm like, wait, y'all are on opposite sides. Why don't y'all just talk, come together? What I used to do when I was single was we'd hang out in big groups. It'd be like 25, 30 of us after church. We would all go hang out together, and it wasn't weird because it was like it was like our small group kind of thing. You know what I mean? We got together, and we all hung out on a regular basis. But um, the thing is, with women, is I feel like we're almost wired to think like marriage and to think future. You meet somebody, and you're attracted to them, and they're saved, and they go to our church. And so in our head, we, we, we naturally, I think, go there. We plan it out. Oh, our, we're, at the, we're at our wedding, you know, at hello. You know what I mean? We're going to be together. And I think it's how we tend to be wired. And I think it's important that both people are honest. Like, if, you, if you're interested in somebody, go up to them and say, hey, I'd love to get to know you. Let's just take it one day at a time. You know what I mean? Let's not think past it. Let's just take it one day at a time and, and just make sure that one day at a time doesn't turn into 10 years at a time. You know what I mean? Like, it don't take that long. It don't. It just don't take that long. Now, to switch on over into online dating, you know, it's, it's tricky. I think that with everything that we do, we should be led by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. No question whatsoever. For example, um, I actually used to have a TV show called The Heather Lindsay Show. And on the show, I had one girl that she met her husband online. She did not want to go online to meet him. She did not. She was not interested in being online. The Lord told her to go online, she said. So she goes and she creates a profile. Then she said, this is stupid. I am not doing this. She took it down. She deleted the app, but she thought she took it down, but she didn't. So then she checks an account that she hasn't checked in a while, and it's got all these emails from that account. She's like, what? I deleted it. I deactivated it. She clicked on the very first one, and it was from her now husband. And he said, hi, my name's Sean, and explained his whole life. He's like, I'd love to. And the thing is, I guess you have to log back in in order to read the rest of the email. So she logged back in saw it, responded to him. So that was the first and only person she ever talked to. Now they're married. They have a beautiful family, and it's beautiful. But she didn't want to do it. Then I have another girl that was on the show. She had been on there for 10 years, going on dates after date after date, and she's frustrated, and she's just searching and searching and searching. It was two different things. One felt led by the Lord. The other one felt led by her flesh. She just wanted a man so bad that she was going to go find one for Jesus. You know what I mean? 
<laughs> right. They go and Christian Minga, wherever. But the thing is, it can be dangerous, y'all. People are crazy. Yeah, are. It's, a, it's a dangerous day, though, if, if you're running to meet and searching and seeking after. And I don't believe that we should do that. I, sh- I believe we should be led by the Holy Spirit, why, which is why it's important that you know his voice and you spend time with him before you meet anybody. That's the first relationship you have to have. think that you have to be yourself. Be friendly. Be nice. And maybe if you're not friendly, show yourself friendly. I'm not saying you go up to me like, hey, let's go hang out. Hey, how are you? My name is so-and-so. What is your name? Like, don't make it weird. Just go and say hi to them. I don't personally advise leading as far as asking that person out. I, I personally, I feel like the man should ask out the woman. You can call it old school, old fashioned, but I believe that he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. I don't believe that she should go around asking a bunch of guys out on dates. And then what happens is if you have an expectation for a date and it doesn't happen, you end up disappointed because unmet, you know, expectations and then disappointment. And so I just, I want to encourage you, if you feel like maybe a certain guy is, you know, for you, then be friendly, be nice. Say hi to him at church, but let him lead as far as doing that. Because the thing is, you could like him and be attracted to him and create a whole entire life in your head with this person that does not even know your last name. And then he could have a girlfriend that lives in another state. And then he introduces you to like, hey, I know her from church. And then now you're mad because you create a life with this person and he does not even know that you like him. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because ladies, I know, because I used to do that. You know what I mean? So I think it's important that you're nice and you're friendly, but don't put your hope in a relationship. Put your hope in Christ and let him lead and guide you concerning who it is. Let me me say this. And and fellas, don't be intimidated to say something. Because sometimes the ladies can be really intimidating. I don't know if y'all know this, ladies, but y'all get in your little packs. And y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all get in your little packs, and it gets kind of tight. And sometimes... That's like, it's intimidating for the guy who's like, man, I really want to talk to this one. But then if I know if I want to talk to this one, then I got to talk to that one because that's the protector. And then that's the, it's like, you got to, I'm serious. It's like, you got to pick them out of the herd. And y'all, y'all know, I know. You got to pick them out. You're like, I don't know which one it is. So, but fellas, don't be intimidated to go and say something. I have a lot of single friends. Well, not a lot of single friends. but a lot of guys who are in, who are in our church who are single. And when I sit down and talk to them, I say, yo, Brother, why aren't you why aren't you married? Like why aren't you in a relationship? Why why are you single? Like what's going on? It's like, you know, I would like to approach this one, but I don't know if I can because you know, every time I see her, she always has an attitude. But I know she probably likes him, but she acts like she has an attitude to try to you know defer him from talking to her. And I'm like, why are y'all playing games? <laughs> Y'all both want to be married. Just chill out. Be normal. But it's, it's hard. So, fellas, don't be intimidated. (laughs) 
Deuteronomy 22 and 10 says, don't yoke together a donkey and an ox. The reason being is because the, the donkey is, is, is biblically, is biblically uh, looked at as an unclean animal. A donkey is also stubborn. That's just the nature of this personality. The oxen is biblically referred to as a, sancti- as, as a sanctified or clean animal. It is very submissive. When you put two oxen together on a yoke, it will plow the field, as it is told. If you put two donkeys together on a, on, on a yoke on a field, they're going to go, and then they're going to stop. And they're going to go, and they're going to get stubborn. And you're going to, they're going to be pushing each other. They're going to want to move. They don't want to kick each other. Now, think about it. If you have a stubborn beast and a submissive beast yoked together, plowing the same field, they, the, the donkey will be okay with plowing for a while. But when that donkey gets stubborn, I have seen marriages where the ox thought, I can drag this donkey through life with me. And if I could say the other word about the donkey, then I can tell you that it is you do not want to be in a marriage where you're having to drag a donkey through life. And I have seen it. You may think it's nice, it's beautiful. Oh, this is so much fun. This is okay. But I'm telling you, when the Scripture says, be not unequally yoked, I'm telling you they can have abs, that they can have great chemistry. They may be intellectual, have more degrees than a thermometer. But make sure you know, bruh, listen to me, listen to me. That donkey is going to get stubborn, and you do not want to spend the rest of your life dragging her or him around. That's real. And, and really quick, just to add to that amazing stories, you, and I mentioned this in both of my sessions this morning, but you have to think about the generations after you. You have to think about your children's children's children. They're going to be affected because you got impatient and you decided to rush ahead of God and marry somebody that you're unequally yoked with. That's, you're passing down like everything that he is, every spirit that he's attacked to, every, his mindset, his thinking, his characteristics, his DNA, you're passing that down to your kid. And your kid is going to be produced and looking just like daddy and act just like daddy. And you're like, I can't stand daddy. But you lay down with daddy. And now you have another baby. And then you keep having babies and y'all are married. And, and now it's like you're not happy. And then you think back to, man, I wish I would not have settled. Because you have to think. We know a lot, of, a lot of people like that just because we have a church and we're constantly counseling people and we're watching marriages and it's just like, man, what, there's that donkey and there's that ox and it's constant. So then you have to be patient. You have to work with them and work with them. So it's just a whole, it's, it's just, yeah, don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Yeah. Man, (laughs) leaders need to learn how to be straightforward. And as a leader, you sit down, you have this conversation with her, and be honest and be open. Hey, you know, we've been hanging out, and um, I want to make sure this relationship has purpose. And Women would love that. Yeah. (laughs) I want to make sure this relationship has purpose. And purpose, to me, means that we need to know where we're going and we need to know our destination because a man who does not know his destination is, has already found it. 
So I need to know where we're going, and I want you to know where we're going. And I want you to know that I am very much interested in you. As a matter of fact, I want you to be my wife. I feel like I know that, and now I'm here putting myself here. I'm just laying myself here. I just want to know, do you feel the same way? If you do, then we want to start, I want to start this process, and I want to start this process right now, right away. And I want to make sure I do this thing right. And if you lay it out like that, what, I mean, you know, there will be some women who be like, no, bro, I'm sorry. I mean, you know, you're a good brother, but. <laughs> I did. I, I, laid it, I laid it out there for her. My first question to Heather on our wedding day was, when we get on our, on our date, on first date was, when we get married, are you willing to move to Atlanta? Because I do, I do not want to live in New York. That was my first date. I mean, my first question. And she was like, Yeah. I'm willing to move. And I was like, okay, dope. So she already has said that she's willing to move to Atlanta when we get married. So she's already thinking married. I was like, okay, how many children do you want? And then she was like, okay, I want to have a, I was like, okay, well, tell me about your mom. Because, I mean, I want to know her family. She was like, well, I have 23 brothers and sisters. They're all adopted. I'm like, oh, this is a lot. <laughs> but for four hours, we asked each other a lot of questions, and we talked purpose. The third or fourth date is when we actually sat down and we came up with a purpose statement. And to this day, our purpose statement remains the same. We are purposed to gather people together to know God so they can grow in the word of God and, and, go, and, and go and share the gospel with other people. That's, that's what our purpose statement is. Our church lives by that. Pinky Promise lives by that. The Man Cave Society lives by that. Our kids are taught that. Everybody knows that in our house. When they walk in our house, they're our friends. They know what our purpose is. That's just what it is. God, gather, grow, go. That's everything. But we settled that on our fourth, third or fourth date. So, brother, be honest, be open, be straightforward. Sure. So if um, you want to go to even this is just easy because if you have, especially if you have Prime, just go to Amazon, type in Heather Lindsay. I have about eight or nine books. We actually have one together called Fighting Together, um, just encouraging people to fight for their relationships instead of each other. Um, but I have books that discuss silent seasons. Um, I have one called Pink Lips and Empty Hearts. That's where you are fabulous on the outside, but on the inside, you're a train wreck, you're a disaster. And that was my story for a long time. I even have a recipe book on how to cook. Um, I even have a book about just running from God. If you're running from him and running to him, um, I have a book about purpose. If you're struggling with your purpose and why am I here and what has God called me to do, the purpose room. I just have a new one I just released called The Pressure Trap. And that is if you're feeling pressured from everybody else to be married and you're sick and tired of it, then that's the one to read. So there's so many. If you just go to Amazon um, and type in Heather Lindsay, you'll be able to find them all. And, and she's also on YouTube, uh, Heather Lindsay on YouTube. She's Heather L. Love on Instagram, Heather L. Love on Twitter, yeah. Heather Lindsay on Facebook. Just look up Heather Lindsay. <laughs> And then if you go to Amazon, um, I have 12 books. Um, I actually wrote a book on this very subject. It's called So You Want to Be Married. It's an alternative to dating. And I have a chapter in there called Virgin Lips. If you want to read why we didn't kiss until we got married, I have a chapter in there on boundaries. And, 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 and then we have 100 questions in the back. If you're in here, if you're courting, we have 100 questions in the back that my wife and I, we actually asked each other. It took, it took us, what, 18 hours? to ask each other all the questions, but we went through every last one of them. It covers sex to finances to everything. Um, but I did all that. So for the guys in here, I have a book called So You Want to Be a Man. It talks about all my struggles with my father and being a man. And I'm married now what? Uh, 
suffering in silence. If you're suffering with depression or anything, I suffer with that a lot in insecurity. So I write about suffering in silence. I just did a, my newest one is overlooked when you feel overlooked by God and everybody else. Um, but I'm also on YouTube, Cornelius Lindsay. I'm on Instagram. This is Cornelius and Twitter at this is Cornelius and Facebook as Cornelius Lindsay. That's it. All the ways. pray. Father God, in your sovereign authority and in your power, there is wisdom, there's peace, there's joy. You said in your word that if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of you and you shall give it liberally. So I thank you, God, that, that you're giving us wisdom right now. I thank you that you give peace to those right now who feel troubled in their heart, troubled in their life, troubled by their situation, their circumstance, they're looking at their position in life, and they, they're just not satisfied. They're so unfulfilled. I thank you that you're giving them peace. You're giving them clarity. God, I pray right now for each and every single on the sound of my voice. I thank you that they do not look at their, at their position as it is a, pri as a prison sentence, but rather they look at it as an opportunity to be able to serve you more. And I thank you, God, that they're not waiting for a man, but rather, or, or, or waiting for a spouse, waiting for a woman, but rather, God, God, that they are continuously and passionately searching after you and knowing you better. And in that process, through that process, you shall bring right along what it is that they need to finish the purpose by which you have given them. Father, we just lift up each and every person in here, all the people, even those who, who don't know you. For you, your word says it is by your love that, that they are drawn to you. They are drawn to know Jesus Christ. And I thank you, God, for that. That right now those individuals are being drawn by your love to know you and to know you deeply and to know our Savior and our Lord. They can make that confession of truth. God, may you be glorified in each and every one of our lives. May our actions, may our words, and may our thoughts, may they please you. And we just thank you for all these things through and by Jesus we pray. Amen.